welcome back to Talk Tech, everyone. You know, it's been fun the last couple of weeks to bring you episodes from Sweden and Germany, and we'll do a little bit more of that. We had more content that we gathered uh, over there in the couple of trips we made in September. Um, but, you know, it's time to do something here at home. And so we're back for the week anyway, and we're going to look at a technology area that we really don't often cover, and that's the digitization, big word there, of commercial trucking connecting. This really is uh, just as big a deal as the electrification and autonomy that we talk about so much on the show. So today's guest will take us through how his business is trying to lasso all manner of connected technologies on a single platform. We'll be talking with Jake Fields, the co-founder and chief technology officer of Platform Science after these headlines. Hadian Holdings stock is tanking today after the company announced a strategic review of its powertrain business that includes halting orders for the Hypertruck ERX. Now, we've talked and written a lot about the Hypertruck over time. We've had Thomas Healy on the show, and and uh, it seems now that investors and Hylion's uh, board really want to know how the company plans to get to scale with the Hypertruck uh, and the Cardo generator technology that it purchased a year ago from General Electric. Um, it all appears now that all options are on the table, and that could include a sale of the company if a buyer could be found. Mercedes-Benz Trucks revealed its new e-Actra 600 uh, long-haul electric truck in Germany on Tuesday, and that matters for us because it is the basis of the next Freightliner e-Cascadia electric truck. Um, it won't look like that when it gets here because we don't do a lot of cab overs here unless old Nickel and Zusu come to mind, but for the most part, we're a, a conventional cab uh, country, and uh, so the next Freightliner likely will be as well. But a lot of the underpinnings of that truck uh, were included in the announcement of the E-Actra 600. We had a chance to see it in Germany a few weeks ago, and uh, even the rounded cab of the E-Actros uh, extends slightly forward now in the name of improved aerodynamics. It was a story you could see on FreightWaves.com about this uh, about this new truck. Finally, Strikers and Back Trucks got some uh, support from uh, the U.S. Senator, best known for his favorite attire of hoodies and shorts. John Fetterman joined the Picketers on Tuesday, urging them to keep fighting for a better deal from Mac. Uh, the Mac strike began in three states on Monday after workers rejected the tentative agreement by an overwhelming whopping 73%. Now let's welcome Jake Fields. Jake is a serial entrepreneur and innovator across multiple industries. He specializes in platform development, mobile applications, language business solutions, telematics, Internet of Things software, and the list goes on. Uh, Jake co-founded Platform Science in 2015. The privately held business has grown as it's focused on bringing together a range of trucking software on its virtual vehicle platform. Jake, welcome to the show. Hey, how we doing? Appreciate you having me. Good. To, yeah, thank you for being here. Listen, you know, before we go too far, we I'll get to some of your other pursuits and your your background later in the show. But I thought maybe it'd be really good to start with sort of a description of the virtual vehicle and platform science. Maybe you could take us through that a bit and just sort of just a little history lesson. Sure, definitely. <clears throat> so uh, we live in the world classically defined as telematics. Um, but at the end of the day, what we've been doing is making it easier and easier for fleets to deploy different technologies to their vehicles. Um, the focus really has been vehicle-centric mobility. So there's a lot of compute and process and operations that happen within a vehicle. 
um, which is super important. And then how does that vehicle interface with the real world? So that's the enterprise back office, TMSs, it's warehouses, distribution centers, um, way station, tolling, everything that a driver needs to do within the day of life of their operations, which is really the focus of fleet operations as a whole. So if you take that back from a technology approach standpoint, we're unlocking vehicle connectivity uh, with the OEMs so that a vehicle can communicate to the outside world and to fleet back office systems. It also allows the vehicle to communicate to mobile devices or in-dash displays that are becoming about for drivers to power a range of different mobile app solutions. And then unlocking all those other application providers and cloud solution providers that need those data sources. So it's pre-integrated solution to make it easier for the fleet, make it easier for OEMs to enhance their vehicles, and really make it easier for developers to develop to get their solutions to the fleets who really need them. So it is sort of the goal, I think, of every technology developer to get their goods adopted by OEMs and installed in the factory. That really started for Platform Science with Daimler Truck North America. How did that come together? Yeah, so um, taking an OEM native approach was really the plan from the start, um, which is born out of the needs, requirements, desires of large enterprise fleets. As they took a look at the evolving technology within the space, they took a look at you know these important pieces of it, uh, equipment and assets they're buying. They really tested us to say, hey, what would be possible, and this was many years ago now, to be able to natively deploy these technologies within a vehicle so I don't have to pick aftermarket hardware and devices and make all these decisions just to get software to my drivers, just to get data to my back office. So I'd say it's it's been a natural progression, but our whole goal in partnering with Daimler and large enterprise fleets was how do we make that a reality sooner? And now that's live, it's in the field, and it's definitely picking up a lot of momentum as fleets evolve their you know next generation vehicle deployments and technologies. Well, Daimler and, and others, you know, really offer their own connectivity. I mean, and, and I guess I'm I'm going to express maybe a little bit of ignorance here. Um, what specifically did you offer them? I mean, you, you talk about bringing it all together, um, but they advertise and pitch and sell their own connectivity systems, right? Yeah. So I'd say when you take a look at vehicles and connectivity as a whole, um, obviously there's a, a number of different categories. I think the, the, central focus from an OEM perspective is how do they provide best-in-class safety systems? How do they make sure that those drivers are safe while they're on the road and operating? And how do fleets ensure that they're able to configure, manage, and get reporting back on those systems? Um, And then there's a range of other things that start to overlap that. Where the real differentiation is and where we came in to help was to unlock the world of third-party solutions, right? So there's a huge range of hundreds and hundreds of developers that have existed within this space that fleets desire to have simple access to, but that was historically a large challenge. So we allowed fleets to be able to access this range of third-party solutions with their OEM partners. And then beyond that, we've helped extend uh, interoperability across different OEMs because most large fleets or fleets of any size, as you know, may buy from multiple different manufacturers. So and that was a key role that we had to play within the uh, ecosystem here. And then as the upcoming in-dash displays start to come from some of the different OEM providers, we're helping provide key mobility technology for deploying and managing uh, mobile applications that live within the vehicle itself. Yeah, I want to get I want to get to some of those mobile apps in a minute. 
But I guess I have to wonder, you know, you, you've been with Daimler now for a couple of years at least. And um, more recently, I think Packard has come on board, Navistar before them. Uh, and, and you mentioned yourself that that there's very few fleets that, you know, run a single manufacturer's truck. So this interoperability, I want you to sort of, without geeking out too much on us here, uh, you know, m- maybe you could describe just how that happened. Did the Daimler... Uh, did the Daimler partnership or arrangement sort of foster some of these others? Um, so I think, you know, as you take a look at the, these large enterprise customers, you know, that's simply what they need to operate. So uh, Daimler was first in uh, partnering with us to be able to bring these technologies to market. But the fleet said, that's great. I need this to work across all my different vehicles. So it was really driven out of that customer demand in terms of how they operate. Because if you take a look at uh, a scaled operation, um, it's all about how do you increase efficiency. And one element of efficiency is how do you create consistency? So basically, we're able to abstract out some of the challenges that you may have from a fleet or developer level at individual vehicle types or implementation types and make it simple for them to sit on that agnostic layer. So that allows fleets to scale these operations, look at similar data sets and operate different types of vehicles all in the same fashion, which is really their goal. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the fleet uh, adoption. And of course, fleets tell the manufacturers what they want. You know, they they say, I want this. And presumably now platform science is something that, you know, at the factory level from a software perspective is sort of, you know, there's a plug or something, right? I mean, you can tell me how that works. But but some of these large fleets and Averett, I think, is the one that you've talked about most recently, have come on board. You've got Walmart. You've got obviously others that are that are using uh, the the virtual vehicle. Um, how do the fleets interact with you, or or you know, do they? I guess they do. I mean, they say, "I want to have this particular software, this one, and this one." Uh, talk to me a little bit of that. Yeah. So whether you're looking at Naverit, um, Schneider, a Werner, Walmart, um, any of other customers like U.S. Express, CR England, Covenant, each and every one of these fleets. Um, uses some level of overlapping software, but also has different individual solutions that meet their specific operational needs. So um, bringing together solutions from multiple different providers is helpful because you can pick best-in-class software. But at the same time, you need those different applications and solutions to work together, right? A fleet doesn't want to be responsible for doing one-off integrations to be able to make two different things work together to drive that experience, whether it's for the back office or the driver. Um, As you take a look at, you know, a modern driver and fleet, it's not uncommon for fleets to have 5, 10, 20 different apps or solutions that a driver's using, which is great because it's technology, but that can quickly lead to driver application fatigue, right? How do I get to the different features and functionalities? So by stitching together those different applications in a common way, we allow fleets to avoid that challenge and cost on their side of things. So they can really focus on how do they create differentiating value on their side of things. And and they really want to bring that driver experience to the forefront because, you know, drivers are obviously a huge key participant within these operations. So they want to make sure they're offering a best-in-class experience alongside best-in-class technologies. There's a number of application programming interfaces, APIs, that have signed on with platform science as well. Uh, CatScale comes to mind, Uptake or two. Um, I'm sure there's many others. Um, how does being available on the virtual vehicle help these businesses? I mean, that I, I imagine that you know, if you're charging a subscription rate, for example, to 
an OEM or maybe not OEM, but a fleet, you know, that that takes on virtual vehicle. Um, how does that work for, uh, you know, these these software providers that you know want to live on your on your uh, virtual vehicle? Yeah. So um, uh, truck tech. Let's talk truck nerd tech for a second, right? So I think uh, just. <laughs> application programming interfaces, right? This all gets, uh, you know, interesting and stood together. But as you mentioned that, so uh, those are what's commonly called as uh, APIs. And that's how uh, mobile apps or solutions or vehicles can talk to the cloud and their solutions. So those are APIs. Um, Similarly, you have SDKs, software development kits. Those are typically mobile-based solutions on how apps can work together and developers can develop. Um, I, I think you're more broadly talking about the category of, of apps and solutions, uh, which leverage a lot of those technologies. So, you know, just <laughs> digging into Nerdland for a minute there. With that, um, uptake, uh, cat scales, uh, motive, which used to be keep trucking, Noragon, Trimble, Conmet, you know, range of solutions that are continuing to stack up and fleets are using from a day-to-day perspective. The, the key for them is they're looking to get distribution right? They want to be able to get easier access to the customer. Um, Historically, some solutions had to create their own one-off hardware just and install that within a vehicle and maybe even add a different display just to deploy down an application that may do something like real-time fuel coaching for a driver, right? So that reduced barrier to entry for the fleet and the developer is super valuable. And ultimately, the fleets want to look for a marketplace of pre-integrated solutions, right? Focus on that efficiency. Um, historically, as fleets were trying out different technologies, um, and, and still today, uh, everyone jumps to, well, let's do a pilot, right? And, and what does that pilot mean? It means that there's months of people working on NDAs and business agreements and figuring out, okay, how do we get lined up with this prospective partner? only to identify 10 vehicles and deploy that technology and try it out maybe six months later. And, and, you know, the focus of the org may have shifted at that point, right? So by removing all of those barriers to entry and making it much easier for a fleet to try new technologies, they're able to cross-reference and check out which things work best for their operation. They're able to focus on trying those solutions when it's most critical to the business because of fuel price fluctuations or other market conditions. But all in all, making it easier for fleets to deploy technology to their vehicles is the common goal that's benefiting all the mutual parties. So I guess put another way, the idea of the future of one-off software technology is what? Dead on arrival? Is that the way it best no, way to think No, I of mean, it? you know, I, I think I would look at it differently, right? So we're able to work with the fleets and the OEMs to create a common layer that makes it easier for more people to participate, right? Which what we're actually seeing is a lot of new entrants to the market. Uh, we are seeing a reduction in aftermarket hardware, and that virtually starts to go away. But from an individual software and solution provider standpoint, we see lots of large enterprise organizations making software for these fleets. But we're also seeing you know, a guy and a girl in a garage that are building new cutting-edge solutions that they're able to get rapid distribution to large enterprise or players across the entire space. So that's you know, really exciting to see because you're seeing things come out of the work would woodwork quite rapidly. Um, it's also raising the competitive bar within the landscape, right? Because there's other people that now are able to get distribution because fleets aren't locked into a single path. Each and every player has to continue to invest more and more in making their solutions better. But they're also able to adjust their investment from portions of the deployment they didn't or they previously had to do that they no longer need to do because it's easier to get them out there, 
right? So it's an interesting dynamic that I think is really benefiting at everybody. Yeah, good. Let's talk for a minute. Um, you know, we spent a lot of our time on this show talking about electrification and autonomy, those two topics often. How does how does platform science look at those? You're already into them, I'm sure, in some way. Um, are they the game changers for you that they are for the industry itself? Yeah, I mean, I, I think those ones get the headlines. I think there's a lot of other parallel technologies, of many of which I'm sure you're reporting on, um, that are continuing to progress these vehicle technologies forward. Um, but, you know, it's exciting times, right? These new vehicle technologies um, are, are going to be an important part of the future. Um, I think it's going to take a while for many of them to hit scale. But if they're any portion of a fleet's operations, they need to be accounted for. They need to be able to support those with many of these overlapping technologies and also try out new solutions that may pertain to those BEV vehicle integrations. How do they route through the world? How do they get where they need to be? Where do they need to charge? Um, just as a few different examples there, right? So now the current solutions either adapt to that or they deploy parallel similar technologies. Um, when you take a look at autonomous, right? So now this vehicle can navigate through the world on its own, or maybe it's a combination. Might have lost you there, Jake. Oh, hope you come back shortly. I think what what you're trying to get at is is this idea that that these new technologies have the same overall uh, application that uh, some of the legacy stuff does. You know, I, I think we, we should go ahead at, at this point. Uh, hopefully we get Jake, Jake back here in a moment. Uh, we, we should talk, though, a little bit about, uh, you know, where Platform Science, you know, has has done quite well with the, uh, uh, both with getting on the OEM platforms as well as, uh, you know, signing up the, 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 big, uh, the big carriers. Um, this underlying technology that brings everything together is something that, Honestly, I don't know where it heads. I've got more questions for Jake. Hopefully, we can get him back. Um, in, in the meantime, I want to I want to bring up a little bit of uh, news. We talked to just a moment uh, at the top of the show about highly on it. I think it's important that we that we stress really what's happening there because with a strategic review like we uh, are, are talking about with that company, it reminds us now of of what uh, Too Simple, the autonomous truck developer, said back in June when it too underwent or began a strategic review and said at the time that everything was on the table, including, uh, you know, selling off its U.S. operations. Um, the two businesses aren't similar, but the term strategic review seems to take on one of those um, codes, if you will, that says, uh, I've got a for sale sign here. We don't really know if that's what's going to happen at Highland or not, but we do know that they've got a pretty good road to hoe just to get to um uh, commercialization. You know, they, they're unusual in that, like Too Simple, they have a, a healthy balance sheet. You know, most of the uh, sort of special purpose acquisition companies that went public and got an initial uh, tranche of money uh, ran out and couldn't raise money in this environment. Uh, that's really not as much an issue for a highly honor or Too Simple. However, it is something that the Highland Board is questioning is, you know, what kind of cash burn are you going to have going forward to get you to commercialization with either the Hypertruck ERX or the um, or the uh, Cardo uh, generator technology that you purchased. And so these questions, okay, great. So we'll we'll come uh, go back with Jake and come on in. Hey, lost you there, brother. We love technology in this show. <laughs> I don't know uh, I don't know if it was me or you, but I'm back. 
trying to trying to pad, man. I just, you know, I do my best. But anyway, I want you to pick up if you remember where you were. You were you're basically talking. Uh, we were asking you about autonomy and uh, electrification, and you said that they get all the all the headlines. But you went on with something else there. You pick that up? Yeah, definitely. So um, I think you know, as those new technologies hit the market. They are a minority, but a growing percentage of the fleet's operations. So they need to be addressed from a technology perspective, right? And some of those are the same technologies a fleet may be using for things like navigation that may now adopt to uh, electric-based routing and charging stations. Other times, fleets are deploying new solutions. So that's where we're seeing fleets try out a lot of new technology in those realms. And then as you move into something like uh, autonomy, that vehicle, whether it's driving on its own at some point in the future or if it's driving with a driver itself, still needs to understand where it's supposed to go, the operations it's supposed to perform as it gets to different physical facilities, and all the other signals and communications that need to go to the back office. So that only expands on a growing set of use cases that is currently in play that will just need to adopt to those uh, newer vehicle types. So it's exciting to see. Um, it's an area where there's just a ton of question marks for fleets in terms of what does that mean for their operations. So having the ability to try out different things, experiment, um, and go ahead and move quickly on those is super important. So we're excited to see that all come to uh, come to bear, and uh, you know, appreciate all your coverage on it. You know, keeping everybody up to date. Good. Well, thank you for that. You know, I uh, always ask companies, even the even the private ones, a little bit about money. Um, it would appear just from the announcements that you guys have made and, and the partnerships you formed and things like that, that you would have to be bringing in a significant amount of revenue at this point. Um, are, are you able to talk about, you know, things like gross margin? Are you now gross margin positive? Are you profitable overall? Can you share any of that with us? Well, I think as you highlighted, uh, as a private company, as a private company, not going to get into the details there. Um, I think what I can tell you is we've been very specifically customer driven, you know, as we talked about from the start and to this day. And that means reinvesting in new technologies that these fleets need to maintain, enhance what they're using from a day to day perspective now. And some of these future facing technologies that are going to evolve with the vehicle, whether that's BEV related, autonomous related, or even just the newer technologies that are coming from the OEM. So um, that's really, you know, a strategic decision as to how do we partner with our fleets? How do we partner with our OEMs to focus on the technology that really matters for them to be able to drive our organization forward? So basically, you're reinvesting what you're making in the business. That's what I think I heard you say. Yeah, I mean, it, it's up to the fleets to drive demand. And I think they're doing a really good job doing so. And I think they're all really reinvesting in their businesses right now to determine what do they need to do from an on-vehicle perspective, from a cloud migration perspective. Um, and all those things go in hand, hand in hand as everybody progresses forward. Would you, uh, would you address the idea of going public? I mean, you've been around since 2015. Uh, we still call you a startup, obviously, but you know, I don't know how accurate that is anymore. Uh, what about going public? Is that something that's being discussed, has been discussed? Yeah, I don't think we'll go there today. Yeah, okay. All right. All right. Hey, you can't blame me for asking. I still get to ask, right? Um, listen, with just a, a little bit of time to go, Jake, you have done so many things. It's easier to, quite honestly, probably list the things you haven't done than the ones you have. Give me your one favorite thing that you've done in all of the different activities, uh, you know, uh, serial entrepreneurs that you are. What one thing, and you got about 20 seconds here, so think think fast. 
Got it. Got it. Well, uh, again, I, I would actually have to say, you know, this transportation space has been the most dynamic, the area with the most amount of opportunity for change and efficiencies to be able to drive. And, you know, I thought five, 10 years ago, a lot of these technologies existed within the space that haven't. So being able to reapply connected technologies, IoT networking, application development, ecosystem opportunities within the space has just been incredibly fulfilling and just an opportunity to really, you know, touch so many different organizations and be able to collaborate in ways that I, I haven't seen in other spaces. So I, I'd say it's here and now, my friend. Awesome. Well, I would I would hope it would be today's work. Listen, it's been great. Sorry for the tech uh, uh, boo-boo, uh, but we will uh, say thank you very much for being with us and and uh, we'll, we'll talk again, okay? Awesome. Thank you very much. Appreciate right. it. You, you bet. All right, folks, we are at a wrap for this week. Uh, next week, we're going to be back on the road again. We'll be out at the uh, American Trucking Association's uh, Management Conference and ex- Exhibition. We already know we're going to ha- hopefully have for you a walk around of the Volvo uh, Super Truck 2 that we wrote about earlier in the week. We'll get a chance to see that live and in person and, and talk to the folks who worked on that. And we'll see what else we can come up with in Austin for you. Um, as for the show itself, you know you can go to YouTube. Uh, to the Front Waves channel at YouTube. Catch all the past episodes by clicking on uh, Shows and then Truck Tech, and you'll get a playlist there. And that will, in a short while, include this show. Thanks so much for being here. Have a good week. Mm-hmm.